What is going on out there, lacrosse fans and sports bettors alike? It's Dan Alexander at Newbie Talks, your host here for Bet on Lacrosse. And I'm joined, as always, for a road game edition of Bet on Lacrosse. It's the co host with the co most. You know him, you love him, Dougie Fresh, Doug Greenberg. Get him on Twitter at Doug Greenberg. Doug, we're both in new studios. I have a mic stand made out of a paper towel roll. How are you doing, my brother? I'm good, my man. Yeah, uh, we're both in uh, enjoying the last days of summer, so to speak. Yeah. Um, still absorbing the games and analyzing the games, but enjoying a little uh, R&R, as we say, which I got to give you another shout out. I've given you a couple shout outs already, but you <laughs> shout out. You, I'm giving you a shout out because uh, you very admirably and very deftly uh, filled in for me on the rundown on Monday. We're recording this on Tuesday. So yesterday, and you wrote the rundown for me and I was highly, highly appreciative of it. It, if I didn't know, I didn't write it. I wouldn't have known that I didn't write it, so to speak. (laughs) Um, So thank you again for doing that. And I just wanted to give you another shout out and then another uh, hearty congratulations. And thank you for that. Well, no, I appreciate it. And again, check him out on Twitter at Doug Greenberg. Post the rundown on a daily basis. And that is tough to do, man. And and because you were nice and you reached out and you were like, yeah, I got my man newbie. Like, he'll fill in. He'll, he, he's got your back. I made sure that I gave a losing record as to keep your job secure. So I, I even when you have my back, I keep your back uh, as well. But uh, no, I thought that was an awesome opportunity. Um, you know, our, our first and only guest, Justin, who was on the show a couple weeks ago um, from Front Office Sports. So it was great getting to work with your editor, Peter. So it, it was just a terrific team. You guys have an awesome thing working over there. You do a great job. I, uh, I am not envious that you're hopping right back in there because it's tough, man. And especially in the dog days of summer, trying to find some plays that not only you'll bet, but you'll put your name on it is tough. So uh, I give you kudos, man, because it's it's not an easy job. And, you know, you've been not only red hot on this podcast that we'll get into, but the rundown picks have been cashing at a nice clip for you. So what that's kind of what it's about. You know, you learn information and when you get that information, it's going to bode well down the line because you know, it kind of is emblematic of how this season has gone for you in the PLL that, you know, early on, it wasn't like you were in, you were in the doldrums or you were, you were in the basement or anything you, you tried and we're always putting in the effort there, but without the information, it's hard to be a profitable sports better. And as we've seen, once you've gotten information on this league, you've been on a tear as well as last week, you have another, uh, you were four and one the two weeks prior. This week you go five and one ATS, so thirteen and three over the last two weeks. That's the kind of run that us sports betters dream about, Doug. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's not bad, you know. And that's is, that's kind of the thing with um, sports betting that you always got to remember is that there's going to be a lot of trials and tribulations. There's going to be a lot of um, trial and error and, and things that you got to really work out before you, you know, maybe before you're going to be profitable. That's, I definitely happened to, you know, my tenure at the rundown, it started off pretty well. And then when I got into the middle of baseball season and making a lot of baseball picks, I ran into a lot of issues and I had to be like, okay, clearly some of the stuff that I'm doing is not working. Some of the ways that I'm thinking about um, formulating these picks, that's not working. So it's time. So you got to switch it up and you got to try new things. And I finally found some things that worked um, both in the rundown and here. And I, I found better ways to evaluate these games, you know, and, and that's just how it goes. You know, uh, it's, it's easy to get 
discouraged in, in sports betting, whether it's lacrosse or anything else, but you just, you got to kind of stick with it because the thing is like the second you start getting, you let yourself get down and you let yourself get discouraged. Uh, that's when you start making the really bad picks because yep. you're just swinging, you swinging at everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. think, I think it's a great point that you make there. And that's what we try and do folks. We not only try and make you better lacrosse betters, we try and make you better sports betters as well. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. So of course we appreciate you checking out the show. We appreciate you listen, riding with us all season. I think Doug and I both had the over under set at about five and a half weeks until Hutton finally said, all right, I'm sick of you two. We have made it the entire regular season. So cash the over it's playoff time. And I love playoffs in any sport. Like I'll watch the national playoffs of tiddlywinks. Like I love when you have backs up against the wall, best players in the world, no matter what the sport is. So I'm super excited for the PLL playoffs to roll around. You could argue that last year's playoffs was, you know, kind of a shell of its former self being the championship series, but it's almost poetic that they're heading back where it took place last year when they had their little bubble tournament. So before we get into what is happening this coming weekend, want to recap what happened last week. And uh, another tough week uh, on the uh, on the best bets, at least. We were both looking at that Friday, the 13th matchup, and we kind of joked about it being bad luck. It was bad luck because I had the over in the Archers chaos game. No dice for me. You were looking at Archers minus one and a half, and it's funny that your best bet on the show, Doug, was your one ATS loss last week. That's literally the only one. Like That is some, (laughs) you know what? It's easy to be like, superstition is dumb and like you can't believe in mojo and you can't believe in like bad luck but like on a week where i went five and one ats the one loss came on friday the 13th and that was my best bet like all right i mean come on you you can't make that stuff up man like you can't you can't but the nice thing is is our emos have been chugging And EMO, what it stands for is extra money opportunity. So even if, you know, maybe the best bet is losing or some of these other plays are losing when you're getting some plus plays that are paying out for you, you know, it's always uh, something to hang your hat on a little bit. I had the chaos getting the one and a half against Redwoods. You and the water dogs were just rolling, man. You were bold enough to take them on the money line and they cash for you again what an insane run for the doggos that they have just really found a way to be playing their best lacrosse in the time when it needs to be a team who was kind of, you know, dead in the water midway through the season has ripped off four straight covers and they are the number one seed. They get to kick their feet up. Slosher gets to like comb the, the, uh, the mullet a little bit, maybe uh, get a little Tom Selleck mustache wax ready to go for the playoffs, man. They get to kick back. How about the doggos stealing the one seed off the Atlas's plate, man? What an impressive run that they've been on. Dude, that was sick. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm willing my, uh water dogs championship ticket i am willing it into existence week by week i'm just gonna make (laughs) it happen just by making the bets um i i i still really really like them to win the title obviously they're the betting favorites now um you know if you look at the futures they are the betting favorites i think just ahead of archers man i'm gonna make this happen like i am just gonna like we talked about mojo we talked about superstition all that good stuff I am putting that good energy out into the universe that the water dogs are going to win the championship. And you know what? Why not? They're, I, I said it at the beginning of the season and I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now, like 
they have all of the pieces to be a championship team. You know, it's they're all the pieces are there. I think the biggest difference that we've seen in the last couple of weeks with them is the play of um, Dylan Ward. Yep. I mean, I because he, I was just going to say that the, the first couple of weeks of the season, he looked not great. Like I'm sure he'd be the first to admit it. And yeah. he has played outstanding. He, we knew that he was one of the best goalies in this league and he finally broke out of his funk. And since he done that, since he's done that, uh, water dogs have been great and they've, they've looked like the team that their potential uh, always had, or they always had potential to be. So I'm very psyched about them. I'm very psyched that they cashed that EMO last week. Um, and I'm very psyched to see kind of what, what they can do um, going forward. Obviously we're not going to get them this week, but um, you know, the week after that will be very interesting just depending on who, who they play. Yeah. And I think, you know, good for them in, in this season that really has been, you know, a tough rigmarole of a season with all the questions, you know, they had a lot of bye weeks because they were probably allowing for maybe some COVID issues Kudos to the league. Kudos to these players. They did everything that they had to do to skirt any of those issues and get us a terrific regular season. And as the regular season comes to a close, I'm more than happy to admit, even while I've, you know, cooled off a little bit here, I was three and three this last week. Um, So, you know, didn't make up any ground, didn't lose any ground really. So I'm 21 and 15 picking every game here live in front of the world with my man, Doug Greenberg, 58% and Doug's right there with this hot streak that he's been on. He is 20 and 16 as a sports better. You want to be over 52%. So you stay profitable, even play it, pay in that big. And if you've rolled with us all season long, you are doing exactly that. So I hope you enjoy. If you do, you know, drop us a line on Twitter at bet on the cross, leave us a review on Apple podcast, tell people about the show because we're not going away anytime soon. And there is an NLL coming up right around the corner, though. Uh, I will admit, you know, I, I watch way more field lacrosse than I do box lacrosse. But mm-hmm. Doug and I are always ready to acclimate ourselves and dive in to the deep end. So before we run down your ATS rankings, we get into the quarterfinals live in Salt Lake City this weekend, August 20th through the 21st. Um, this past weekend, you know, anything that stood out to you of what you learned, Doug? Because for me, The main thing that stood out to me is I wish by the time we recorded on Tuesday evening, we had player props available because if you have really done your, your research and dug in on player props, you can just be getting some insanely great value. I mean, we only had player props probably about uh, two, three weeks ago where I record from in Pennsylvania. And since that time, I've gone five and one picking these player props with my lone loss, I believe being a Tom Schreiber goal prop that he ended up pushing on. And uh, unfortunately, they they ended up grading it as a loss due to a half pointer. I, I don't remember exactly what the uh, what the – the reasoning was behind it. But last week, Miles Jones' goal total was one. So you, 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 auto, you auto play that because the worst you're going to do is push. I mean, he only failed to not score in three games this year. He had a hat trick in the first half in one of those games. Like, there's just too much going on. And I'll give credit to the odds makers, Doug, because they have gotten exponentially better at making the lines, the over-unders as this season has gone on. But – Really, not only in lacrosse, in every sport, when you dive deep into the different pages, there's just so much for odds makers to focus on and some numbers that are way more heavily bet 
that player props are just an insane value. And sure, I, I think, you know, this is a lacrosse podcast, so we're talking lacrosse-wise, but I love player props regardless. It's actually what I, uh, as I punch my microphone, it's actually what I wrote about in, uh, in my degenerate corner for the rundown when I was filling in for you is just how much I love player props. That was the main thing I learned this past weekend outside of a great slate of games. The thing with player props is you can really develop some nice systems um, in them, which admittedly I haven't found a system that I love in uh, lacrosse player props mm-hmm. yet. But for example, in, in baseball, um, you know, I, I found a way I found exactly, exactly what I'm looking for when, you know, I'm looking for a uh, pitcher strikeout prop, right. In baseball. Um, that's one where, you know, you can, I have a, I have a set of, I have a set of criteria that I'm always looking for. And once I, and when I find a number that makes sense Fire. on that, I'm like, great, there it is. And, and in, in a lot of ways, it's easier to do that with player props because um, there are so many fewer factors at play. Uh, you're not worrying about the rest of the teams, you know, or you're not worrying about the rest of the team. You're just focusing on the performance of one player. And it's just, um, it takes a lot of the factors out of it. And you can just focus on what this player does well against this opponent. Um, and, and so, yeah, like uh, it's, it's always easy when you see, especially when you get a guy like Miles Jones and, Sometimes those numbers come down because, yeah, like he did have a couple of scoreless weeks. So he's not an automatic goal scorer per se. But if he's going against one of, you know, one of the poor defenses in the league, then sure, of course, you're going to you're going to pull the trigger on that. And, and you know, it's always a great one to look for. It would definitely be nice if we had the props out a little earlier. But, you know, I understand the book's got to do yeah. what they got to do. So, yeah, and it's I mean, just putting those props up, it's just an insane liability for them. So I'm not really right. complaining. I'm just saying, you know, wouldn't it be nice? But yes. let's be real. The NFL, which was a way heavier bet market than the PLL, they're not putting up player props until Thursday at the earliest. So let, right. let, let's be real. You know, the, the books, they are uh, smart. They know what they're doing. And they're damn good at it. So before I wax poetic about how much I love player props, did anything else stand out to you this past weekend before we get rolling? Um, you know, I, I, obviously you had some matchups that are kind of going to repeat themselves and the archers and chaos. Nice win there. Um, you know, anything else that stood out to you, Doug, before we get going and uh, preview each and every quarterfinal game, all three of them that we have for you this week. Yeah. Well, besides, besides the chaos archers, we're going to get woods whips again, which we have, you know, that's becoming, it's, it's becoming quickly the, the greatest rivalry in the league. Yeah. It's like, Um, you know what I mean? Like it's must watch television. We, we have seen this matchup so many times over the first three years of this league and every game is always nuts. Um, It's always a greatest game. So really cool that we're going to get it in the playoffs again. It sucks that it's, early in the playoffs it would have been nice if it was a little later but what you're going to do about that but that's cool that we're going to get that you know the the one thing i want to make sure i say is just that um cannons man the cannons really i i loved what they did against chrome like i i really never expected chrome to have a chance in that game personally um but also how about uh paul rabel just really doing some goat stuff um, how cool, looked, how I cool mean, was that? Right. It, it's, it's exactly what you want. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's any lacrosse fan that doesn't want Paul Rabel to be turning back the clock. You know what I mean? Cause it's fun. And for so many people, especially, you know, folks, our age, like, 
Paul Rabel is a major reason why lacrosse is gaining the steam that it has gained. You know, you think yes. of guys like him, you think of guys like Kyle Harrison, you think of these guys who were just staples that as you were a middle schooler or a high schooler watching lacrosse, you were saying, God damn, that number nine is insane. He doubled it up. He went 99. I, I I'm right there with you. When, when Paul Rabel is playing great, um, you know, the, the league is doing great. You know what I mean? He's, he's one of the yeah. co-founders for a reason. And you know what, this is what, you know, like people like throwing around that term goat all the time, Yeah. but this is what goat players do. Like, you know, not only is he one of the top scorers of all time um, and not only did he help build this league, but when it really mattered and it really came down to it and it was, if his team lost this game, they were not making the playoffs. He dropped six points and that's, and he led his, led the game in scoring just and that's what goats do. They yeah. they show they show up when the spotlight is brightest. And you know, people can take away from Paul Rabel for any number of things that they want, but you know, you know what? He backed up the talk on this one and it was awesome. Um, just so cool to see. So loved that. And and I love that we're getting Lyle Thompson in the playoffs. I I think that having a playoffs without Lyle Thompson would have been really lame. So um, you know, that was that was I, I think the highlight of the weekend for me this past weekend. Man, you took the words out of my mouth. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I was thinking the exact same thing while watching this weekend. So that's what we learned. What did you learn, folks? You can always reach out to us on Twitter at Bet on Lacrosse. We also have our Moneyline hotline up and running. If you ever wanted to be a part of the show, you could call in, leave a voicemail. We'll play it back on the show. So before we get into the quarterfinals in Salt Lake City, we're going to get you your straight up records, of course, we rank folks by ATS because it's all about who's covering. As Doug has said, and as many have said before as well, good teams win, great teams cover. So usually we start at the top and run it down to the bottom. I'll start at the bottom. I'll switch it up a little bit as we head on into the playoffs. Bottom of the league and ousted to the surprise of maybe not many. Uh, Chrome two and seven. I, I do think the way that they fall from grace was a little surprising to me, but this is a team that is kind of going to likely be like the Atlas this upcoming season where you're probably going to be seeing a whole new cast of players. They kind of already got ahead of that shipping out Gutterding and uh, we'll get to Gutterding and the impact that he had uh, in the, uh, in the whips offense as well, but the Chrome are two and seven straight up They're two and seven ATS. They will not be playing again. They ended the year failing to cover in four straight games. Any of their games that they won uh, either straight up or against the spread was when they were two and a half point dogs. We haven't seen that two and a half in quite some time. It was one of the best bets you could have made in the PLL this season. Your second to worst team is the woods. They're five and four straight up, but they're only three and six against the number, failing to cover in their previous three games here. Then as you run it up, you have two teams who are five and four, but both of them are only four and five against the number. That's the Archers and the Whip Snakes. As you move on up, you have the Chaos at four and five. And don't look now, but the Chaos are a top ATS team. I, I mean, is this bizarro world? It is five and four against the number. And then you have three teams sitting at the top there. It's funny. There's a three win team still sitting out there and they haven't been mentioned that yet. That's because the cannons at three and six are tied with Atlas and water dogs who are six and three. All three of those teams are six and three against the spread. So, you know, I, I think, 
part of that has to do with the fact, and this was something I was going to mention uh, later in the episode, but I'm just going to throw it your way here now. Why not? Um, you know, how much of that six and three, and you look at the bottom of those rankings and you see three and six against ATS, I think that is very emblematic that when you are a favorite in this league, it's extremely hard to cover. Because if you think of those names that are at the bottom of the list, it's the teams that week in and week out are, oh, this is a lock to win. You know what I mean? And the teams who are at the top of those rankings in Atlas, in Water Dogs, in Cannons are the teams who everyone said, ah, you know, these are more the middle pack teams. These are more the bottom of the league teams. When the market perception, especially in lacrosse, is saying, yeah, there's a pretty big disparity between these teams, and there really isn't, I think that's why you see those rankings the way that they are. The teams that have seen a lot of getting points, minus the Atlas, have uh, have been some of the best teams against the spread. That's, that's the parity in this league, Doug. Yeah, and another thing to remember, too, um, when we're talking spreads and specifically when you're talking minus one, like one and a half point spreads, right. Um, which is what you see mostly in baseball yeah, like and you line, see line. Yeah. And, and, and hockey, you see it a lot in hockey. Um, and obviously, you know, that's what they've chosen as the, the marker for lacrosse. And, and frankly, as the season's gone on, I actually think that was a really good decision. Agreed. Um, yeah. Like I think that doing it sort of in the same vein as hockey and baseball, I think made a lot actually ended up making a lot of sense for lacrosse. Um, but what people need to remember about when you have that favorite tag, right. When you on the spread, um, that minus one and a half, there's a much bigger onus on you to perform better. And it's also usually why, um, favorites in these situations, the minus one and a half, that's why they usually have plus money because it is much more difficult to not just win, but also cover, um, when you're the favorite, because, you know, when you're betting on an underdog, right, at a plus one and a half, the possibilities for that underdog are just so much greater because not only can they lose and still cover, they can also win and cover. Whereas um, when you're a favorite, you can win and not cover. And and yeah. so th- so it's much more difficult. And it's, it's you know, when you're dealing with non-point spreads, because like I'm saying, I'm talking about like actual point spreads because yep. actual point spreads are in football and in basketball. Yeah, seven and, and a half point favorite. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, that's when, when you're dealing with those, you know, the ATS numbers, I think, say a little bit more because I think it's actually easier to cover as a favorite in those situations, even though a lot of the time those spreads are higher mm-hmm. just because of the way that those that's games are right. played. Yeah. You know, like because basketball – um, you know, you can very easily win by 15 points. You can very easily win by 20 points or whatever it is. Um, football is the same way. Like, you know, you have an interception, you return it for a touchdown. All of a sudden you're, you know, that's a potential seven point. Like if you intercepted in the end zone, take a hundred yards, that's a 14 point swing right there. And that stuff doesn't happen in baseball or, um, or hockey or lacrosse you know, except for like empty net goals or whatever uh, in hockey, but, but yeah, you know, you know, you get my point here. It's, I I think that the, the onus of being a favorite in these kind of sports is definitely a little more difficult. And again, it's why you see plus odds um, most of the time. Uh, Not all the time. I, Oh my God, today on today in baseball, I saw maybe the biggest, the most juice on a run line favorite that I've ever seen. I saw the Dodgers, giving one and a half runs and uh, laying minus 160. It was unbelievable. I've never seen that before. they were playing the Pirates, right? 
That's correct. That's we're playing the virus. Well, now it all makes sense. <laughs> now, now but anyway, that's a, I'm all, I got off on a tangent there. But yeah, no, I, but, you know. I love it, man. Like, like truly, I mean, number one, terrific word, uh, use of the word onus, by the way. Uh, well done. I used it multiple times in that rant, which I do, love, I do love that. I do love that word. It's, just, word. it's great. It's four letters and it's just so, uh, it, it's just, it's succinct. It's strong. But I could talk betting theory with you all day long. That was fascinating stuff there. So the tangents always welcome. That's what people come to bet on the cross for. He's Doug Greenberg at Doug Greenberg on Twitter. Of course, check out his daily column, The Rundown. I'm Dan Alexander at Newbie Talks on Twitter. Quarterfinals time, the moment we've all been waiting for. Heading to Salt Lake City, August 20th and the 21st. And uh, Friday, August 20th. Uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. It is the three-seeded Archers and their five and four record taking on the six-seeded Chaos and their four and five record. The Archers are one and a half point favorites and the over under the total is 23 and a half. So the odds makers didn't have to do much work on this one, Doug, because they just took the line from uh, this last week. They slapped it up there again for what it's worth. The Chaos did win. They did cover and won outright. It was an 11-9 win for Chaos. Andy Towers' club surging late here in the year. I was suckered in by that low total. I ain't doing it again, although I will say, um, you know, last year, before we get into this game specifically, last year um, – when they did the uh, the bubble tournament, it was in Salt Lake City, and we saw the altitude really affecting players early on. Games were flying under. You saw a lot of fatigue on the field. Now, these teams are now in playoff form, but you could even argue, you know, you, you look at totals that fly under when there are games in Salt Lake City, no matter what the sport is. Have you thought anything about that on how, you know, you look at these totals, you have a 23 and a half total on Saturday, Cannons Atlas, 25 and a half. Redwoods whip snakes 24 and a half um you know just just due to the altitude is there any value on those unders or is the whole altitude thing kind of overplayed in your opinion Doug I don't think it's overplayed at all and and frankly I didn't really think about it that way because it, it didn't really occur to me I guess I usually think about altitude as Colorado but I guess Utah yeah. is also in the mountains yeah um it's a great uh, reason why the Utah Jazz are one of the best home teams year in and year out you know you get players on the back yeah. You know, the back of back to backs playing in Utah. Um, exactly that. Like people don't really think about that. And that was a big money maker for me last year, just playing unders early on as these players just, you know, it's hard to get acclimated to something like that. It is. And and so you know, that's really cool. That's really good of you to point out because that's you know, not even something that I was really considering, you know, in terms of the side, I don't think it's necessarily going to affect the side, yeah. obviously both teams. Cause the thing is there's no home team, right? Like no, both no, they're these- both affected by that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you know, if you wanted to try and give an edge to a team um, you can say Adam Gittleman is a coach for Utah. Good and point. so he's used to this. So he's yeah. used to this stuff. And so maybe, fun. yeah, exactly. And, and who knows, maybe as you're saying that actually helps the under because Adam Gittleman will be a little bit more on his game for archers um so little, we might have just little, stumbled into something doug i, 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 I should have probably bit. brought this up in the pre-show meeting is, is, is that what i'm thinking <laughs> so so this is some you know this is a little bit of big brain stuff you know it's definitely an interesting thing to think about with the total i haven't really thought about the total in this game um are we just getting into the sides on this one you yeah, want me to get, I mean, and get into I mean, it? basically archers again they're one and a half point favorites that total is 23 and a half i'm staying away from the total because it's the same one that burnt me on my best bet last week 
really in this game, my EMO comes in it. So I'll abstain, you know, on, on, on some, uh, you know, micro thoughts, but I can give some macro ones. And the main to me is that this chaos just seems like a completely different team. They've now covered or won in five straight games. They just beat the Archers last week. And you may have a situation here where it's just teams who are heading in two different directions because, um, you know, before I get your thoughts on this game, it's worth mentioning that the Archers have not covered as favorites in six straight games. Yes, they did cover in those games, but they were underdogs. They were getting one and a half to Woods. They did win that game outright. They would have covered it if it was a one and a half point spread, but it is worth mentioning in six straight games, Archers have not covered as a favorite. And, um, you know, that that maybe gives away where I'm looking a little bit in this game for my EMO. But what are you thinking as the three-seeded Archers take on the six-seeded chaos? I'm trying not to panic too hard on Archers. Um, because, you know, I think a lot of people forget that they were, uh, through the first couple of weeks of the season, like one of the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that you can make the argument that they, um, you know, maybe they peaked a little too early and there, and there's definitely that argument that you can throw around. We can, we'll probably talk about that with some of these other teams as well. I don't know though, this, this, that offense just at when it's humming, it is really humming. And, you know, Grant Amon is just one of the best ball movers in the league. Um, you know, and obviously Tom Schreiber is the same way. Um, and I think there's just something to be said about that efficient offense. Um, if you need to dig into some, if you need to dig into some history, uh, some recent history in week two of this season, um, now disclaimer chaos was on a, was on a two game week that week. So they played on that Friday. And then on that Sunday, they played against archers, um, archers beat them 12 to eight. Uh, so they won by four. They covered as um, one and a half point favorites in that game. And again, a lot of caveats in there. Obviously, these teams have been the form of these teams is, is very different now. Um, Chaos have been playing a lot better. They and they and you know as you probably alluded to, they uh, they did the same thing last season. They you know started off very slow in the bubble. They were the worst team in the you know quote unquote regular season of the bubble, and then they got real hot going into the elimination round you know, got to the championship game and fell to whip snakes, but, you know, definitely something to be said for them. I, I can't commit to them though. Like I, you know, because they lost to, because chaos lost or sorry, because archers lost to chaos mm-hmm. last week. Um, you know, they, the juice on that month on that spread, that minus one and a half was a way higher last was way higher last week. Right. Um, I believe it peaked around like, minus 150 minus 160 or something like that but now because of that loss that juice has come down a lot it's at minus 125 right now which i think is a lot more reasonable um so maybe i'll actually take my own advice and grab archers i'm not 100 percent sure i'm not super convinced but if i had to take something um i'd probably be looking at archers on the spread minus one and a half All right, so we moved to Saturday. As I said, I'll have a little bit more in my EMO segment coming up where I'm looking in that game. Saturday, 2.30 Eastern, it's your two seed. They wanted that one, but the Doggos said, "Eh -eh," as the Atlas fall, they are six and three. They are your two seed. They're one and a half point favorites against the seventh seeded Cannons, 25 and a half. The total. Now, again, my best bet comes from this game. There's only three games on the board, folks. So, uh, you know, a lot uh, a lot more selective you have to be when uh, when picking your plays. Um, so before I throw it your way for your thoughts in this one, and I think we'll probably keep it pretty short, uh, just worth mentioning, third time these teams have met, Atlas 
two and oh in the games uh both of them for what it's worth were one goal wins it was 18 17 back in week three in a total that i believe was 20 and a half when it opened and they score you know almost like 40 some goals uh more respectable though in uh august 1st when 13 to 12 was the final in Colorado. Uh, both of these teams, as we mentioned earlier, tied for the best ATS record in the league, six and three. Worth mentioning, the Cannons are still perfect against the spread as underdogs. They're five and oh, they got their first cover as favorites last week. And Atlas have not been underdogs since their week three win over Cannons, where all those points were scored. They're three and two against the spread as one and a half point favorites, but they have failed to cover in two straight games. You know, we kind of batted it around talking about archers. Is there any concern for you, Doug, of uh, maybe a peaking too soon? I, I hate using that, uh, that, that saying, but is there any concern when you look at this Atlas team of maybe having um, something like that? And I know that your best bet comes in this game as well, Doug. Yes, my bet bet my best bet does come in this game, so I'll try to keep this short. Um, all I'll say is that perhaps my Atlas hate boomerang is coming back around because um, <laughs> I because <laughs> I, start, I started off the season as an Atlas hater. Uh, it got away from me a little bit, and now it seems to be coming back. Um, <laughs> and and all I'll say about this game, it, yeah, I, I think there's a, a very good chance that Atlas may have peaked at the wrong time. I, I think it's a, I think they're a very talented team. I think um, next year they're going to be a big, big problem. So, but all I'll say without, hopefully, without giving away too much for the best bet, um, the only words I want to use here: experience and momentum, and mm. and that's that's a little tease for later. Yeah, and for what it's worth, um, you know, the Atlas aren't a secret anymore. And I think that, you know, you've seen that indicated in the spread and the failed to cover the spread is, you know, when, when you're sneaking up on teams, when everybody is picking against you and you get to use that as bulletin board material, that's great. But when that dries up, how do you find a way to get that uh, momentum, that ball rolling again? I think some great points from Doug there. We'll hear more about that game coming up at the end of the show here, following a break that will follow our final game of the weekend as Doug and the Water Dogs just kick their feet up and all other holders of Water Dog tickets and watch a matchup between the Whip Snakes and the Redwoods. Six o'clock Eastern time this coming Saturday. You have the Whip Snakes back as favorites again. One and a half point favorites. They're five and four. They're your five seed. So your five seed is favored over your four seed, who is also five and four. It's the Redwoods. Total 24 and a half. Doug, thoughts in the rematch of 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 the rematch. This this is the game right here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, like I said earlier, this is the the probably the best rivalry we've got in the PLL. This is PLL's Red Sox Yankees or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. I'll start off by saying I'll say I'll say what my pick was first, and then I'll kind of explain why. Because okay. it's. There, well, there's two ways I'd be looking in this game, and it probably means that I'm not going to bet on either one. I'm just going to try yeah. and enjoy watching this game. I agree. Um, I don't think if there's anything that can get me to take money out of my wallet in this game, I, I kind of agree with you there. You know what? In in games like this, like in a big rivalry game with a lot yeah. of with a huge with huge stakes with great teams, sometimes you just got to sit on the sidelines. And yeah. because like, there's no reason to bet on a game like this. I have had multiple occasions. Like, for example, I was when I'm a Bruins fan from like I'm from Boston and all that. Mm -hmm. I was betting when the Bruins were in their playoff run. 
I was looking for an angle on the Bruins so bad for some of their playoff games. And at a certain point, I was just like, I can't do it. Like, I, I just can't. Like, it's, I'm already stressed. I'm stressed enough about this game. I can't stress myself out even more. Um, in terms of betting analysis, here's what I'll say. And like I said, I'm going to start with what I'm thinking. If you want to bet on either side, and there's a rationale for both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, on the spread, I'd probably be looking at Redwoods plus one and a half because – you know, how can you, how can you bet on anything but a close game here? You know, this is, this is a big rivalry game. These are, this is a team, this is a game that both of these teams are going to really get up for. Um, It feels like either way, it's going to be a one, a one goal game. So I think that's probably maybe the safest bet, but what I would really, you know, if you want to, if you really like whips, then you should be looking at whips on the money line. Cause that's also a really good price at minus minus one twenty five. Um, like I said, I personally am not going to bet on this game, but I think at the end of the day, if I had to pick a winner, it's probably going to be whips. Um, you know, we don't know what's going on with TD Erlin. Um, there's, there's a good chance he sits. If he sits, that's a humongous disadvantage for Redwoods and not to mention, um, whips are moving in the right direction with their injuries. You know, they finally got Matt Rambo back and, um, obviously that's, that's just, that's a huge difference maker for both teams. Seven goals last weekend, two assists. Uh, Matt, yeah. I think in one of the games he had like 11 shots or something like that. So didn't take much time for the rust to shake off for old Rambo there. Exactly. And, and that's the thing is like, at the end of the day, it's funny because now this game that they're playing, uh, this weekend is, is almost exactly like the games they have played in the past because, so- Matt Rambo, because that's the, the big difference with these two teams this year is that the Whips played most of the season without Matt Rambo, and they were the Redwoods played teams when that happened. That's it. exactly, and the Redwoods played their games with TD Erlin, and that was a huge Great. difference maker for them, obviously. And it, it's it's hard to pick them to win um, without Erlin. You know that could just tilt the field so far against them. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I can't see myself actually betting on this game. If I were to, it would probably be on the, sp- on the spread. It would probably be plus, whip, Woods plus one and a half. On the money line, it would probably be Whips minus 125. I can't imagine I'm going to bet on it, though, because that's, you know, I'd, I'd just rather enjoy the game and, no, the- and not have to worry about my money. The way that you're looking at this game is the exact same way that I am. Is There's just so many variables and the question marks, um, you know, I think for me, if there was one look that maybe I would sprinkle pizza money on, you know, if, if you need action, again, I, I tell, I say it every week, you know, always bet responsibly, always only be betting with money you can afford to lose because even your best plays are going to lose the amount of time. And one of the biggest things is, you know, just because a game is on television doesn't mean that you need to have action on it. But you know, I, I think there could be a case to be made for this under. I know that they had combined for 26 last week, and, you know, they, they in their first meeting, they only scored 20 for what it's worth. But like I was mentioning earlier, there is altitude issues that maybe will affect teams. I think we already know that the Redwoods love slowing teams down, and I think having a lower-scoring game both ways bodes well for the Woods because – if Erlen doesn't play, the last thing they want it to be to come is make it, take it with Nardella. You know what I mean? So, so even for the woods, even if they do fall behind two, three goals, I think they're still going to be in a situation where they're taking that whole entire shot clock every single time, because 
you know, if they are worrying about going back to the stripe, um, you know, and, and 24 and a half isn't anything crazy. It's not like it's a high total. It's not like there's crazy value on it, but I just think the game flow, how this game could go makes me look towards the under, but again, because Gutterding joining this team and we only see him in two games because maybe Erland isn't going to be playing because Matt Rambo is back. I just couldn't feel confident, you know, backing either of these teams though. If I'm right there with Doug is I would, if I was betting on it, it would be whip snakes money line because you are getting a pretty nice price at the whips on the money line. It's taking the redwoods plus the one and a half. However, you have to lay some juice to do it because a lot of people and the odds makers are thinking the same thing. It's going to be a close game and one and a half point underdogs have been profitable propositions, especially late here in the season. So I look at it the exact same way that you do. I think this is going to be a terrific game. I don't think there's as much value for betting opportunities. Last thing I leave you with, because you can make your own conclusions, listeners. If you want to bet on this game, I'm not going to stop you. I'll give you information as Doug and I aim to do. The whips are 0-3 this season as one-and-a-half-point favorites. Two of those were outright losses. One of those was the week five loss to Water Dogs. Or, or excuse me, uh, one of those was Redwoods. Sorry. Yeah, okay. the always all the, all the W's always end up screwing so, me up. So. so many W's, so many C's, man. Yeah, like, we need more. Like next we need next more team is going to be no. No W's. I, I've, I've ranted about this before, and I thought yeah. about it again this week. No more W's, no more C's. I, I'm going to be very mad if the next expansion team is, starts with either of those letters. With all the W's, I sound like how I used to when I was a little kid, and I used to call my brother Wobber. His name is Robert. I, I couldn't pray Wobber. So when I'm doing all these W's, it just starts fucking me over, Doug. I can't, yeah. I can't stand it. So, um, so no, uh, again, I, I'm, I'm abstaining from this game. We do have our best bets coming up. And there's some information for you folks. If you do want to pull some money out of the pocket, I think there is some value on the under, but no official plays coming out of this game for this better or the better across the screen from me. He's Doug Greenberg. I'm Dan Alexander. This is Bet on the Cross. Right after this, we're going to get you our best bets and our EMOs, a playoff edition right here on the Bet on the Cross podcast. If you like listening to Bet on the Cross, make sure you drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify. You can always find us at bet on lacrosse we so appreciate you have been riding with us all season long and if we made you money we would love to hear about that that is what it is all about which brings us to still hits just as good as the first episode every time and doug you're red hot brother so even though there's no friday the 13th to screw us this week I'm going to give you first crack at letting the folks know your best bet in a playoff edition here on the Bet on the Cross show. Dougie Fresh, floor is yours, my man. All right, let's do it. Um, I alluded to it earlier. My best bet is Cannons plus one and a half, um, which I believe we are seeing, yeah, minus 105 uh, with that juice. I, I teased you before. The two words that we're looking at here, experience and momentum. Um the Paul Rabel factor is so real. And, and like I said, I think seeing him show out like that in that last game um, was so, so encouraging. And I, I think we're seeing a different Paul Rabel than we've seen um, in years past. This is a game that they, you know, can stay very competitive in. Um, you know, I think the star factor of Rabel and, um, and, and Lyle Thompson 
uh, will be one thing. And, and then that leads to the next point, which is momentum. And I think that cannons are carrying all the momentum into the, into the playoffs right here. Um, you know, we see this happen all the time across other sports, the eight seed that just barely sneaks in, you know, makes it to the championship game, right? It happens all the time. And I'm not saying that cannons are going to go to the championship game, but I do think that they can win this game, especially going against an Atlas squad that just had the exact opposite happen, which was they lost their last game of the season to miss out on the one seed. And you got to know, especially with, you know, the players that they have, um, which going back to the experience part of it, it's, it's a very young team. You know, you guys, guys uh, like Jake Carraway and you got guys like Jeff Teat, fantastically talented players, but not very experienced. You know, these are the, this is their first season as professionals. Um, they've never been in this situation before. And you know, they're going to be a little bit demoralized by that loss last week. And it's going to be hard for them to get up for this game. You know, I think cannons are going to make it really, really tough on Atlas. Um, so I would love them plus one and a half as my best bet. What say you, Daniel? Well, you know what? I, I don't know if there's like an echo in here or, or what the issue is. My best bet, make it a double. I want a double shot with Dougie Fresh. It's going to happen in Philly as well for what it's worth. I'm taking the Cannons plus one and a half against the Atlas. It hurts me to say it. You know I love my Atlas, man. I was I was the conductor of the Atlas train early in the season. And, you know, if they are able to pull off this win, I still think they're live to win the whole thing. But look, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Half of my best bet winners this year have been on the Cannons as underdogs. The Cannons are a perfect 5-0 and against the spread when they're getting points. As Doug alluded to there, if the way that they've played these past three weeks is any indication of what they could be heading into the playoffs, it's going to be a tough out for any team here against this Cannons team. It hurts my heart a little bit, but my quarterfinals best bet is Cannons plus one and a half, and you're getting it right now at minus 105. So not quite an extra money opportunity, but I was also thinking when you were talking about like teams getting in late, I was like, if Paul Rabel makes a catch with his helmet somehow and pulls a David Tyree, uh, I'm just going to go nuts. It, it'll, it'll be, it'll be, oh, I, you, go I, there. I, you have to go there with me. I, as I was saying it, I was like, Doug might actually get up and leave. I forgot you were a Patriots fan. That wasn't a Patriots knock. I'll buy you an extra beer, Doug. No worries, man. EMO time for you. Where are you going, man? All right. This is maybe stupid. Maybe not. Maybe it's just because I don't want to have to explain myself anymore. Um, I'm going to take the cannons on the money line, which right now. Double uh, down. Doubling down. You doubled down on me. I doubled down on myself. Uh, plus, plus 145 is what we're seeing right now. You know, I think that if Cannons keep this game close, I think they can also win it. You know, a lot of the games they've won have been when they have been uh, underdogs this year. Um, you're better with the numbers than I am. But I believe that most of the games that they've won have been as underdogs, if not all of them. And again, experience, momentum. Um the cannon and that's what that's what you're looking for in the playoffs you're looking for experience you're looking for momentum um cannons are it's it's ironic because they're the expansion team but cannons are the more experienced team um they also have all the momentum going in here uh you know next season i don't see myself being an atlas hater because we've seen what they can do and i'm sure they're going to do some great stuff in the offseason but i think they make an early exit now after a, a really really nice season from them but i'm looking at the cannons plus 145 
I love it. I love it. And uh, no, your numbers were right on there. As a matter of fact, the Cannons last week uh, to make it into the playoffs, their win against Chrome was the first time that they did cover as a one and a half point favorite. Uh, Previous to that, their other two wins did come as underdogs once as two and a half, once as one and a half. My EMO, I'm going chaos plus 105 against Archer's. I like all the dugs, all the dugs. Yeah, I do like all the dugs. I love all the dogs this week because of what we've learned about the PLL this season. All the teams who are constantly favorites, as I alluded to earlier, are some of the worst ATS teams in the league. Why is that? It's hard to cover in lacrosse, especially when every single team is loaded with the best players that we have ever seen in this sport. As I said earlier, the Chaos have won or covered five straight weeks. The Archers have not covered as favorites in six straight weeks. Give me Towers, give me Chaos, and I said it on the first episode of Bet on Lacrosse. Bring it full circle. If the Chaos cash this play, I'll stoke cold Steve Austin a beer live for our listeners live for our viewers at bet on the cross if you want to see me looking at towers slash stone cold Steve Austin-esque hop on this EMO let's get it chaos which is gonna do it for us Doug I put myself and my self-respect on the line for our show weekly it's what it's all about man I need to I need to you know I picked archers for this game I don't know if I'm going to bet it. And frankly, I just really want to see this. And I've been talking about willing things into existence. Now I need to see this video. So I'm I'm now, I'm with you now. I, I'm chaos plus one and a half. I'm into it now. You'll be the one tossing me the beer in Philly right around the corner. So it'll be a beautiful thing. You'll, you'll, you gotta, somehow... you gotta drop the, uh, you gotta drop the stone cold. Give me a damn beer. Oh, of course. Of course. Uh, Hutton drop that in here right there. I'll drink to that. Bring me some damn beer. That's going to do it for us. Speaking of which, thanks to Hutton Jackson, produces the show, whether he's at camp, whether he's working, whether he's on vacation. Huge thanks to him all year long, not only for the opportunity, but making this show happen. For Doug Greenberg on Twitter, at Doug Greenberg, I'm Dan Alexander, at Newbie Talks. Make sure you drop us a review. Check us out. Drop us on the Moneyline Hotline. We'll talk to you next week, hopefully with some more money in our pockets and hopefully with a video of me looking like Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's going to do it, folks. Have a terrific week. Best of luck on your bets. 